Welcome to the Draft Champions Podcast. I'm here with Rob DiPietro. What's up? What's going on? Long time, buddy. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for having me on the show, Zach. Um, I, uh, you know, love listening to this podcast since, you know, I got into this little podcasting fantasy community and, um, you know, I've been listening since, since that time and uh, it's cool. It's cool to be on it. I know uh, we share like a, a similar bridge and that we like to, you know, bring on random guests from NFBC world that are, that's not on Twitter or, you know, not on the computer. So it, I think that's awesome. We have that little, you know, thing going on. If you uh, want to have a thing with me, you know, you are the Deadpool hitter and you are the, um, you are an overall champion from the draft champions NFBC uh, contest. You're also a very successful player um, in the last, last year in 2021 with great, great success. And uh, we've talked about that last time you came on. And I think last time I saw your face was when you had me on your podcast and you've been, yep. you've been meaning to do this for a while. We got Graham here. Um, oh, what's up, Grimpy? What's up, buddy? And uh, we um, also we also pumped to uh, copy some of Rob's draft boards. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> not um, this year, man. <laughs> we uh, also have like in the background. He's not like he's been told not to talk, not to say anything. But we also have Rick Poundstone here, of course. Yeah, I don't. Uh, You're not. I, what? He said not. He said not to say anything. Like they just said, chill. So I'm not even allowed to. Well, I thought you were just introducing me. I'm not even allowed to say anything in response to that. Okay, whatever. Jesus Christ, what? Well, hi, Mr. Dip. Uh, what is it? Mr. DePetro, I'm happy that you're here. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm happy to be here as well. Rick Poundstone reporting for duty. Uh, we have a segment from me coming up a little bit later tonight. Um, but I, I'd appreciate the chance to talk though, Zach. So. Listen, I'm just, I'm just saying they don't want you talking. I don't really give a shit, but, um, Try to try to be normal. Okay. I don't know what that means, but <laughs> all right, man. All right. So uh Rob, before we get started, I'm just looking at the agenda here. We got what's on what's this? Bjorn to be wild. We got oh no, he's here. Where is he? Bjorn? Hey there, hey, hey there. Um, Christ. How's, how's it going? Thanks for letting me in there, Ricky. Thanks for letting me in. Yeah. It says everyone knows it's my my segment. It's Bjorn to be wild. And uh, I've got a real crazy question that... Uh, I ask the guests every time that they're they're on, and the audience loves it. My questions for Mr. Robert DiPietro. Robert DiPietro, I got a question for you. Can you can you hear me? Can you repeat that? So yeah, I had to take care of uh, my dogs. Uh, locked himself in the bedroom, and he was barking. Ooh, I, I, I had of, to leave you for a second. What kind of doggy do you got? I got pugs and uh, a pit bull. That's not my question, though. That's not the book. That's not the Bajoran be wild question. We're gonna have the dog pound here in a little bit, so uh, all right, fitting. All right, all right. All right. My question from Mr. Robert is on the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, who did you have a bigger crush on, Vivian Banks number one or Vivian Banks number two? Uh, I think probably number one. Oh, not me. I was hoping you'd say two with me. 
I don't. What in the Christ? All right, that. All right. Thanks, thanks, Rick. Thanks, and that wraps up Bjorn to be wild. That crazy question. You're a, you're a Daphne Maxwell guy. What yeah, in the yeah, hell was yeah. the point? <laughs> Jesus. All right. I mean, if you're gonna ask me, I say Uncle Phil. What? Okay. How did how did you even allow this guy back on here, Rick? Like you? I didn't allow. Sh- He's got a microphone. What do you want me to do? I okay. I didn't. Okay. Okay. What else do we have to get rid of before? Sorry, not get rid of. What else do we have on the agenda before we get into this episode? Do we have anything else here? You tell me. I don't know. Did you want to do the uh, my little segment too? Or I don't. You're the host. I'm not supposed to speak. Okay, well, you're not supposed to speak, so we might as well just get your if you if you want to do your segment, you do your segment. You have this dog pound thing going on. Hello and welcome to the dog pound. I'm Rick Poundstone, and I'm here to ask our guest, Mr. DePetro, a couple of questions uh, that I had for him this week. And uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and start it off. Um, uh, you there, Rob? I'm here, man. Okay. Um, first of all, you know, you're a, what they call a true Pizon. And <laughs> what is your favorite uh, Italian dish? If you had to pick one kind of Italian food that you would want to eat you know, the rest of your life, that's what you get to eat. What would it be? Um, I'd probably go with uh, some nice eggplant parmesan. Huh. Okay. See, I've never had that. I am more of a uh, pinella vodka uh, type guy. Okay. Um, okay. You make it with- yourself? Oh Christ, no, no. Uh, I last time I had it was at uh, what the hell is that called? The Olive Garden. Olive Garden. All right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that yeah. that that would be my favorite dish. So huh, good stuff. Um, yeah, that's the Hammerhead place to be go eat. But okay, all right. <laughs> oh, I love it there. I don't know. That's Maggie and I. Every anniversary, we usually uh, hop on down to there or uh, Red Lobster. But uh, um, checking on to the next one here, uh, we were talking a little bit in the pre-show about one of my favorite shows, and I know Shrimp loves this program too. Uh, the Sopranos, um, with uh, you know all those actors. Who do you think is the most sexy woman on the Sopranos show? Oh, most sexiest woman on the Soprano show. Oh, that's uh-huh. I'm gonna have to go with um let's see. I'm gonna go because like, I had to like go see? dark horse, like dark horse style. I'm gonna go Artie Bucco's wife. Oh, oh wow. yeah. Huh. Yeah, I'd uh well, I won't say what I would do, but uh, interesting choice. I um, I would go, you know, I'd probably go with Janice. Uh, I think that Janice Soprano was uh, a great character. And uh, I guess you got to be a little fearful. She did kill. Well, spoiler. Should I do a spoiler alert? I don't. Um, that Richie guy, she shot him. Uh, oh. Right? Richie Ap- Aparicio. But yeah, I got to go with Janice. What do you think about that? I think she's she, she too she, too dangerous for me. I can't I can't I can't get involved with the uh, boss's daughter, the uh, sister. You know who who kills right. who who might kill you? Nah, nah, not my it's not my style, man. I want to live. You don't think she can keep you extra warm at night, though? I'm I sleep warm. I, I, I okay. Sleep warm. 
Yeah. Fair enough. Okay, we'll move on. Uh, I love this man. James Gandolfini. He is deceased. What about him? What? It's Bjorn Bjorn here. Did you have a comment about Mr. Gandolfi? How's it answering? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, Let's see here. Moving on. Uh, Robert De Niro is one of my favorite actors of all times. Uh, What is your favorite Rob De Niro movie? Oh, Bobby D. We'll probably go with the... Uh, I, I, I like him as no, I like him as Michael Corleone in, in The Godfather, the best, probably. Oh, um, okay. uh, I mean, the young, uh, young Don early in, in the early days, yeah, yeah. I never been able to make it through that one, it's like four hours long, and there's a few of them, right? Yeah, yeah, come on, you got it, you know, just, just clear out a day. Just knock it out. Well, I could, you know, I could uh, pressure the wife into allowing me to do that, but I'm more of a taxi driver uh, fan. Yeah, um, yeah, you could do that too. I like that. I, I love a good psycho who's looking to kill someone. You know, it's just kind of a, you know, piques my interest, but uh, it's always been my favorite. Um, and just making sure Jorn's not going to chime in before I get to the last one here. Uh, we have got, um, oh, and I know you'll agree with me here, Mr. DePetro, but uh, talking a little bit of uh, United States politics, not something we do on this program too often. Uh, the, the president, Joe Biden, has obviously you know lost his mind. <laughs> uh, really weird guy. Um, how bad do you want Trump back? Uh, I just want to go forward with like someone who's, not set like over 75 and uh you know I, I, it's time for some young leadership in the world so whoever that is whoever's like in that position i'm gonna you know i'm looking for someone like that okay so you're you mean to tell me that you're not wanting donald trump back i mean if it happens it happens i mean i would you know i don't know it is what it is but i think it can't be uh as worse as it is right now but you know who knows okay there's always brighter days. Well, I'd like to take this uh, opportunity to say make America great again. And this has been uh, the Dog Pound. I'm Red Poundstone. As long as you got Kamala there, you know, okay. What the hell did you say? Kamala. Kamala. My Kamala. As long as she's she's still there, then it's all good. Would she, she Jesus. Trump would be there, would she stay? I... No, I, I highly doubt she would stay if Trump were there. Uh, no. Um, anyway, uh, Zach, I, I had um, my, well, go ahead. Are you, are you gonna, we're gonna bring on Lou Bob? Should we do it now? He's on the hallway doing something weird. I don't know if you wanted to get into it with uh, Mr. DePetro. A bit. I don't know, man. Like we, the last episode, um, Rick brought up, he, he, again, we're, we're making this episode about Rick. I'm sorry, but he brought up Lou Bob, his neighbor, and, um, uh, just everyone that listened to the episode said we need to bring Lou Bob on, and I guess we need to we need to bring Lou Bob on. He's got a he's got a pet um, baby goat. Um, I don't know if he's brought the baby goat with him, but mm-hmm. um, Rick is Lou Bob there? Yeah, yeah. The, is the is the baby goat's name Tyler McGill? 
No, it's just literally a baby goat. Uh, as far as I know, it doesn't have a name. Does Does Lubob like keep Tyler McGill on a leash in his house? Boys, I don't know who Tyler McGill is. All I'm saying is my friend Lubob, uh, my neighbor from down the street, is here, and yes, he has a baby goat as a pet, and everybody wants him to be on the show. I don't know if I should let him on or not. Go ahead. Okay. Um, before I do this, you know, I mentioned it last week. Uh, Lou Bob has an issue. He is a deaf mute. Okay. He has never been able to hear. People are asking me how he has a tweeter and all that stuff. I'm kind of helping him out with that. And he can type and see, you know, he's not uh, Helena Keller, but he does have the ability uh, to, well, I'll just tell you this. He cannot speak, but he grew up. His parents in the trailer park that he lived in, one thing that they were into was exotic birds. They had birds as pets, so I swear on my life, you're never going to believe it. The only way he knows to communicate and the only sounds that he can mimic are the sounds of those goddamn birds, okay, from whenever he was a kid. So, you know, I'm a little embarrassed for him. I didn't want to do this, but everybody's like, hey, get him on the show, so... We've got him here. So I just want to let you know that's how he talks. So if you have any questions for him, Lou, hey, Lou, fuck, come here. He's right here. So if anybody wants to ask him anything, uh, I'll put him up to the microphone here. Zach, I don't know if you had a question for him or. Hey, Lou, how, you, how are you doing? Ooh. Ooh. Very, does that mean very good? Yeah, he's fine. Just hanging out. Hey, bud, did you draft a fantasy team this year? Ah! Ah! Ooh! Ooh! <laughs> yeah, he has a couple. What? Oh, I was, uh, no, I'd go ahead, but I was going to ask. Can I, I like, ask Lou Bob what his favorite baseball team is? Is it the Cardinals? Sounds like an Oreo. Uh, no, he said he uh, likes the Devil Rays. All right. So does he have fantasy teams this year? Do you want me to ask him? I thought he already answered that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He has a couple of teams. Yeah. You got who, teams, don't you? Who's, who's his most owned player? We're going to get to this later with Rob, but like, who's his most owned player this year? Can you ask him that? Who's your most owned player this year? Molly Whitaker. Molly Whitaker. Lou Whitaker? Hmm. Could be Sweet Lou. Yeah. Well, I call him Sweet Lou. Lou Bob sometimes too. But yeah, actually, it's funny. Luis Robert huh, is his most owned player. So kind of fitting there, I guess. Okay. Well, um, I think we should get to the episode. Um, yeah. But Lou Bob can stick around. You can stick around. But I want to talk to Rob. Uh, <gasps> No! You settle down. What's he saying? He wants another beer. He, he's been drinking since four o'clock. Oh, can you go, just go into the other room? I saw he was playing Edward Forty Hands. Yeah, that's what he did. He, did uh, did Magpie cut off the forties? So he thank can... God, yes, she got the duct tape off his hands. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so he's he's good now. But can you go in the other kind? Go with the goat. Woo! <laughs> okay. Woo! 
okay, okay, okay. Uh, all right, Robbie, we got to take yep. a premature ejaculation victory lap. With, uh, it's too early, but we're going to do it anyways. Tommy Edmund. Oh, good old let's, Tommy let's, Edmund. Let's talk about Tommy. Let's talk. We're going to talk about Tommy. How invested are you, first of all? Um, in Edmund? Um, hold on a second. Let me bring that up. How invested uh, are you in the Edmund Foundation? Because I'm pulling up my shows. I have fucking three. Not too many. The Edmund Foundation, 10 teams, 41%. Wow. Teams. He is my one, two, three, four, fifth most, tied for fifth with C's. Most teams. Yes. So you're pretty happy about what he's doing, and you're not too surprised about what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very happy. I, you know, he's climbing up the lineup um, as quickly as things changed in like 30 at bats in spring training for him, it could switch right back. So um yeah. I'm just, you know, pretty confident that he was going to, um, you know, do what he had to do from any lineup spot. Um, I think he dropped down in a, in a couple of the later drafts I was in. Uh, I think the last DC I did, he seemed to be like a lot of people were concerned about that. But, yeah, I'm happy with it so far. So just going forward, when uh, people are listening, then they're going to look forward to next year uh, or even playing uh, Fab. What is something that, what is something that you saw specifically with Edmund that, that drew you to him? Um, so he had, I forget the exact number, but I think it was like um, 11 of his top 15 or 16 um, hard hit barrel, hardest hit barrels were last year. So um, so like the progression of power that wasn't, you know, evident through home runs or anything like that. But you just saw him naturally, I think, driving the ball more and more. And one thing that stood out to me was um, in the second half of the year, he had a dramatic improvement in his um, pulled pulled fly balls and his pulled exit velocity. Um, Just seems like he was, you know, trying to lead into that pull power and he's continuing to do it this year too. So um, that was one thing that stood out to me last year. Right. When you look at the, when you look at those hard hit balls, do you, dif- do you differentiate or not um, the balls in the air or balls on the ground? Because I know some of the balls on the ground can seem like hard hit balls, but is that something you can, you sort of um, weed out? Um, yeah, I, I try to, I use um, EV analytics for a lot of like the launch angle ranges stuff. Um, there's one where, you know, it has like, exit velocity for like you know fly balls um the like a percentage of exit velocity that are hitting like in the top five percent the next 20 and the um uh fly balls in the uh exit velocity um 100 miles per hour in air percentage so i guess the the percentage of their balls that they're hitting in the air that are 100 miles an hour so i just tried to look at like those different buckets um, the different, you know, buckets of launch angle he found, I like, he just, he was like nice in the range of like, where you can expect, you know, um, like a 20% like home run to fly ball rate. And I was pretty confident that if he got to that, you know, number, um, that he would continue just getting like stronger and, and, you know, yeah, just more, more output on his power. Uh, but for the, like, for the, uh, pulled, the pulled exit, velocity um i just did like a quick search on Statcast for like you know their slugging and their uh their launch angle for the pole ball so you can kind of get 
a little idea like that too. Cool. So I guess obviously Edmund uh, performed well within your. In yeah, that, he was that. decent enough. I was just like, you know, it's just that age too. I think like a perfect union of like, you know, his, his peak years, his peak power. And um, I just kind of just believe that'll bleed into each other and, you know, we'll see it. Right on. So I'm going to go a little bit off script, but we were going to get to this sort of, in a, in a roundabout, roundabout way anyways, you're in, in your most own players, but you did mention Dylan Cease. And I just want to get right into him. I know that you were a big Dylan Cease guy, just from being in drafts with you and seeing some of your boards. Um, I guess like, obviously there's some very like telling indicators that would draw people to be drafting him, but he's not without risk. What in his profile, and maybe you don't, I don't know if you have an answer to this, but what in his profile led you to believe that he can be safe, uh, like a safe whip guy? Um, what gave you confidence in his I, whip returning to, or not returning, but um, being, being an asset in whip? I probably don't pay attention to whip enough. So I really, I'm not, I, I wasn't really paying attention to that. Um, like the whip factor for him. Um, you just figured just, all the, all the other things would have outweighed like any yeah, potential yeah. downside there. Yeah. I there. just, yeah, yeah. I just saw the growth and his second half was just filthy, really filthy. I mean, he just, Look at that game log. Yeah, it's just like his skills was just through the roof, though. And, and um, you know, like looking at the like the last two months, last six weeks. Um, so he was just really popping off to me on all things in that. And I just, uh, yeah, you know, I've always been a cease guy, so I figured trust the skills getting better. You know, not worry about the the length of the innings or you know high whip i don't really pay attention to whip. i probably should but so um i think you um also were invested i don't know how heavily but in tristan mckenzie i don't know if you got him in any, any of your main teams um did you get him in the main event i'm looking at i looked at your teams yesterday i don't think you did um, no, but, I, did but I know you, but I, I know you i think you took him in our bad in the pods and i know i don't know i just feel like you've been taking it I have um, won three teams. Yeah. But I mean, I liked him enough. Yeah. You liked him enough. So my, my, my it's not really a question, but I was looking at him and look, just looking at their game logs, Cease mm-hmm. and McKenzie, I can, I could sort of see him being like a baby Cease because like he sort of had that second half with yep. the big strikeouts and just like, just like, cons- like if you look at the game logs and like looking at that, just consistent, like dominance, like most of the time, right. Uh, they had that little like stretch. So, but the thing is he's this year, he has, he's gone like think three, four innings. They're not using him. I think one of the, one of them might've been a relief appearance. I'm not sure, but. Um, yeah. I think he came in in the first game of the year as relief or a second yeah. game of the year. And, and, I, then he I think he pitched, and he had a four inning pitch, uh, yeah. a, four, a four inning outing. So I guess he really yep. can't read too much into it. He's been okay, but um, what are your expectations for him this year? Yeah, I think, you know, I think he's in for a solid year. I think with anything with the Indians, you just gotta, you know, keep your, your win expectancy low and I know, you know, you can't go chasing wind or like trying to stay away from them either, but uh, you know, you can look at uh, like expected profile of offenses, like try to protect their, you know, their Woba of the season to start the season. And just, I don't know, it just, I think it factors in a little bit to how I look at, you know, wins um, for pitchers, but definitely, Love the skill set. Definitely love what I saw in the second half. If he could take, if he get any type of length, you know, I think maybe they'll start, you know, gradually working him up to the, you know, five, six innings that we saw from him last year. 
I think I, I think you have to take so many things right now with the grain of salt, with the like the length that the pitches are going to. I think there's plans in place that, you know, we're am I aware of, not really aware of, but I think there's a lot of ways that they're handling pitching that, you know, we kind of have to really not just say, oh, if he's not gonna pitch, you know, length the whole season. I just think everything's a work in progress. Hey Rick. Rick, did you yeah. Are you going to edit out that that thing that Rob said? Which thing? What did he? When he's talking about what team um, Tristan McKenzie was on. Uh oh! Did he? What? Did, you actually, did he accidentally say Wahoo or did he accidentally say Indian? Yeah, yeah. Did I have to edit that out too? Oh. Uh, oh. Can um, you get? I need you to go in the other room, Lou. Yes, I will edit it. Christ, I've got too many things going on. Whoa. What's, yeah. Lou, what's Lou saying? Did he, did he... <laughs> should, we, should, we, should we know what he's saying? Is he upset? <laughs> yeah, it, it sounds uh, like he's in distress. Saying. Sounds like distress. It, yeah, amen. It's not fit for the air, is all I'll tell you. He said that he, well, I don't even want to say it. He needs a guardian angel. Mm-hmm. It was refer- he was referring he was talking about something about the baby goat is all I'm gonna say. I'm not gonna get into it, but uh, that's what he was talking. About. Okay. Wait, okay. What is, what does he do to the goat? Well, shrimp. I don't know what. The- <laughs> I don't know what the rating of this podcast is. Not very good, apparently. <laughs> well, I don't mean like that. I mean like the parental. But anyway, boys, um, let's not get into it. I will edit out the uh, Indian comment and replace right. it with what All are right. they? The God- okay. What are they called? Guardians. Yeah. Okay. So the protectors well, of the realm. Right. Guardians, name- Guardians of the galaxy. Yeah. All right. So looking at your main event teams, Robbie. Um, you have, like I have these. Do you have any? Do you have any like instant one week regrets? Like ah fuck, shouldn't have done that. Like after like one, do you have one week hindsight already? I'll tell you about one. One for me is Joe Barlow. I took him like in the twelfth round over like I could have had Tariq Skubal for example, but I took fucking Joe Barlow, which could be okay. But you could have picked Skubal, but you took him. Yeah, <laughs> that's tough. Yeah, that's tough. I, I think know. I told that's you. What... I think I told you that. You're like, yeah, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. It's yeah, it's tough. It's it's, uh, you know, I mean, it's just locked into these saves. It's crazy, and I found myself doing the same thing. And I think my second one um where i just all the secondaries i got hendrix and all the secondaries got pushed up um and i just waited and it took whitlock and second rider pretty later um finnegan finnegan Finnegan. yeah he was a dump though i just that was just like a pure um let's just see see if he gets in if he doesn't dump him you know It it was just one of those uh and yeah so but yeah, so the relief thing, I mean, I don't know. I, I felt like I did a pretty decent job last year getting saved throughout the year. Um, so I I didn't stress it, you know, so I didn't want to push up another one just to sacrifice a, a good player. Um, so let's play smart. Yeah. I mean, my first one, you know, pretty happy. Like I took Hader and I got Havina at 189. He was at a point, like it was a, a spot where um, I think I wanted to take Ian Happer hit, for him, you know, and uh, no, actually, sorry, Ian Hap, uh, did he go before that? No, he, he, I think he might have 
went before him. I forgot who I was beating him <laughs> over, but um, you know, I felt like it was a good spot to take him, especially like competition wise. I didn't feel like I think the other guys around there, like McGee and um, uh, who the other levers around that range. It was just too much like other levers in the way. So it just felt good with Lou, big Lou. Um, unfortunately, after his hot start, he on the COVID IL, but. Um, Okay. Yeah. No, we're, I mean, we're not, we're not talking happy. about that. We're not talking about Lou Bob. It's okay. Tell him to relax. Get in the other goddamn Lou. So yeah, man. Um, yeah, I lost my train of thought. So um, you almost took you almost took Hap in that draft. I think you took him in your other one. I did. Uh, he, yeah. he was he was he started falling. I guess because he was injured. Um, yeah, the he, elbow he, thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now he's playing. So um, where do you think he would where do you think he would have gone if he was um, like I guess there was no health concerns. Was he- I, you know, in, in some drafts, I know he went like 180, 182. That's why I was considering him at like 189. You know, draft champion season, he was like wavering in the same area. But like, mm-hmm. I felt like for some stretches, he was higher and then went lower. But um, yeah, I mean, he probably would have went a couple rounds higher, maybe one. But I think it's also like, there's just a group of people who really like Ian Happ and a bigger group of people who don't. So I think. I, I think it's probably a good description of that. Yeah. I, I think I felt he fell like in the main event season um, because I felt he was getting pushed up a lot in, in, in some of these draft champions because you got a guy that liked him and he would go like early, like he could go in the one yep. sixties and you never knew, like you got to Mike the mouth who loved him. And um, he was, he was, he, he was always taking it half. Um, but then again, like in the, he was hurt, but I think it was, it wasn't only the fact that he was hurt in the main events. I think he also fell because other things started getting pushed up. Relievers were getting pushed up. That Terry Scubel, um, Sandoval guy, the Sandoval Scubel, um, Hawk, and whatever, Joe Ryan, mm-hmm. that, that type of yep. player all got pushed ahead of in half almost universally. So, yeah, I think it was they, more, more that of was a, a big rise. That whole group of pitchers were a big, big rise, you know? Yeah. Did I miss anyone in that group of pitchers? Um, I think maybe not that group, but maybe like 30 picks later, but guys like Drew Rasmussen, um, Ober. Ober. Ober, um, yeah, Ober was going. I think Ober was in that group with, um, you know, Ryan, uh, even Jordan Montgomery. You know, like I yeah. took him at one fifty five because I wanted to get him in my first main, and he went really early. I was like, okay, well, I want to get him in in one league. So um, who's that? Uh, Montgomery, Jordan or, Montgomery. Yeah, yeah. You, it looks yeah. like you got him in your first one. I'm not sure if it was your first or second, but I, I'm not sure. Uh, you got him in one. You got, got him in your, yeah. in your Hendricks one. Yep. Yep. Yep, exactly. You got, you got him. You got him over and Rasmussen in that in that draft. It looks like. Yep, I did. I did. Um, I tried. To, yeah, yep. tried to uh, tried to get a good run of pitchers um, that you know that I felt were like high risk, high reward, and also like maybe there's some stable, boring guys like Nicholas and Hauser. I like this first couple of weeks, especially. You know, I'm trying to look at the schedule a little bit. So those were start- first. Those were first week guys. And- um yeah like for, first week in holds i think i think you know Division. i think uh just trying to ride them out as much as i could you know i'm t- again trying not to make too many last choices um not too many like lateral moves right on so one thing that, one thing that i noticed or that i think Gra- actually graham noticed this in draft what i notice i'll tell you when we were doing right. the draft champions leagues and uh you notice a lot of the, the sharp guys like rob uh were taking certain uh pitchers in a certain division do you wanna... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I picked that up off of uh, stalking Steve Weimer. 
<laughs> well, you, you, well, Rob, I, you I, and Steve did the draft together, yeah. the, the, the first uh, DC that we did, that I put yeah, but, together. But Weimer, Weimer's first few DCs that he did, he was hammering uh, NL Central pitching. Well, yeah. Obviously, the, obviously the, main, thought, the, main events, the main events are different beasts in the DCs. Yeah. So it's sort of like Which, comparing apples to oranges, but... Um, I thought it was pretty pretty smart like it was definitely ahead of the market i think people people wised up to that later on in season but he was like weimer was doing that i mean that's why weimer's so good he was doing that back in like october he yeah that's the thing he he's uh he's he he's a step ahead of of being prepped for certain things and uh he's he's really good he has a solid approach to everything and he he really executes and i think that's important to have to have a system, to be efficient in the system, and you know, to uh, you know, really have a good way to analyze the game, you know. Yeah. Yeah, because I I think the guy that stood out to me was he. I think he kept taking uh, Tony Santion, which like now it just looks it looks so good, right? Because he was getting him like round like forty eight, right? Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, what's there? Because like, I've I've known Santiago as a prospect or whatever, and I was like, oh, like big body dude, gonna throw a lot of innings, like good stuff. That's that's funny because like, if you ask him about that one, that was like that was one of the ones that was pretty much um, that I was like, oh, let's look at this guy, and he was, you know, he was like, who? <laughs> and then, <laughs> but like he, you know, I gave him what I was looking at, and. Um, he goes, well, around 48, it doesn't really hurt, right? So, um, you know. Yeah, so. I don't know if it was 48. I just know it was super yeah. late. Yeah. No, and it was then, super late. It was super late, yeah. And then what, what I settled on was I was like, oh, man, it must be the division. Like the – because the role, the role was super unclear. Like Yeah. For me, it wasn't like, a division. I, I ended up getting a lot of Santee on myself. Um, and um, me and me and Graham, uh, we looked at the um, – we looked at some pitch mix changes and um, some velo changes. Mm-hmm. And um, when Phil was on my pod, I was showing it to him after the show and I, he wasn't really commenting too much, but um, he didn't, he wasn't really revealing anything to me too much, but I was showing him. I figured it can't hurt to show, show him. And a lot. And then what I, what I did, I was not, without getting into a lot of details, I looked at uh, time periods and not just, um, I looked at the, the changes um, throughout 2021 and Santion popped up, right? Rick Graham. Yeah. yeah he popped remember. up on, he popped up on like velo, I think, and sliders. Velo, and then mixed changes. So like, there's a couple guys that popped up a lot. It was it was Santion, Waka, um, um, Patrick Corbin, um, just off the top of my head, Bubik. Um, uh, I don't know, Graham. Can you remember anyone else? And there's other guys. I think like Rich Hill. Like there's there's certain guys that popped up, and my biases just made me not want to take them. Still, like Patrick Corbin. I have a, I, I took a couple token shares, but I re- he was still a guy I was kind of avoiding. Um, Rich Hill just. He's too fucking old. Didn't want him, but I think he, he sort of popped up there as well. Um, What's his face? The, class, the, guy, class the guy who gets lit up in the Orioles. Uh, oh, Lyles. Lyles. Jordan yeah, Lyles. Lyles, popped Lyles popped on that list as yep, well. Yep, yep. Jordan Lyles has been uh, great so far, and he's dominating the A's tonight. So I'll have you know. Well, that's that. If you if you drafted Lyles in a DC, this is the week to start him because he played the A's. Whoops! I mean, he's on my bench. <laughs> anyone, anyone should be dominating the A's right now. You know, there's a couple uh, lineups like that. Diamondbacks is, are also really bad. The Reds right now are really bad. Um, Graham, uh, before we before we end off on that um, that pitch mix velo thing that we did, 
Hmm. Am I missing anyone? I think I, I hit the main guys. Um, I did. Eric I did, Fetty. Fetty, Eric Fetty. Yeah. Eric Fetty, you're right. He was a big one on that list as well. Um, now, now Eric Fetty looks really good. I mean, he, he got the Pirates last week. Yeah, now he's got a he's got a two step I think coming up too, right? He's got he's got the Diamondbacks, he had Pirates, Diamondbacks, two step. So he was a, um, he was like that knowing that chart and having him in a lot of DCs, it put me a little bit ahead of the curve picking him up. Yeah. Um, did you grab right. any of him, uh, Rob? I saw Phil did. I saw Phil t- took a share of him. Fetty. Yeah. I didn't get any Fetty. I'm not a Fetty guy believer. Um, Fetty Wop. Fetty Wop. Yeah. Fetty Wop. Yep. Hmm. Uh, yeah, no, no Fetty for me. I've, no. I've nah, I mean, just uh, I watched him a lot first the Mets, and he just never really seems great. I don't really see the route to him be, being better, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, it's like he popped on that chart, but like you know, I, we also looked at that chart and uh, we looked at it with respect to the peripherals as well, like the swinging strike, came on his walk, and fit, X fit. Mm-hmm. And um, he's one guy that popped with like all the like the, like the swinging strike. But um, his like results never the results never translated for him. Even when he even when all those peripherals ticked up at the end of, at the end of last year, the results never uh, followed suit. So I don't know if it's giving us false false hope or not. Maybe he just got some. Maybe he just had some decent matchups. But no, I mean, but he he he's doing well this year. I mean, he's he's that uh, you know getting guys in the zone pretty good. The swinging strike is not super good right now, but um, I mean. Pitching, pitching pretty well. Um, see if he could sustain it. I think, I think Washington's uh, also like their youth pitching is a little sneaky, uh, sneaky good. And I know they got a couple of guys that can come up and definitely perform. So, um, well, that first draft that we did, you took Cavalli. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm big on K Cavalli. I think he's going to come up and be like Alex, Alex Noah type impact. Really? Yeah. He's not a guy. He's a guy I did not get a lot of in the draft. Right. Obviously, it's different because they're they're not gonna. You know, I don't know. I think that maybe he does come up quicker too if they're hanging around in that kind of race. You know, obviously it's a long season from now, but you know to figure that out. But I, I think if if they see they have a chance to, you know, maybe hang in and they want to get him up there, I see that as a possibility. It's also just kind of the way like baseball is going, right? Like pitching so volatile, like it's pointless to waste your bullets down at triple a like he fast-tracked so quick through the minors like he, he yeah. showed last year like he went from a ball to triple a i think or maybe he might have started at double a just because he's so advanced yeah and but, you know I, I i think there's uh you know even getting him up in any type of role you know um i think they would want to see him start but you know teams are just bringing up their arms and like Contreras, you know getting him used to three four innings at a time and work their way up in there. You know, I know um Eno and Derek Van Viper where we talk about like the wasting bullets thing in 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 the minors, like, you know, having your guys not like go and throw these, you know, all out outings. But, you know, uh, I don't know, maybe some teams realize that the the help performance of them would be better if they just, you know, kept throwing uh, you know, at at, at full and and just bring them up and use them, you know. I think a lot of it too, with just the the rise of like the minor leaguer or the uh, the foreign player coming to the MLB has come from like us being able to quantify stuff, mm-hmm. right? Because like now yeah. it's like I I think it was JJ Cooper was talking about that Japanese kid who threw the perfect game and then followed it up with like eight more perfect innings. Right. But they're just like like now Jack. we can see that 
uh, like stuffed plays. Like it's like that guy's pitching over there and like you can poo-poo the level, but it's like his stuff like in the model is good enough to get MLB hitters out. So. What was that? Did uh, Lou Bob want to say something? Yeah, Lou Bob probably had the brainwave signal to Tommy Edmond just stealing a base. Did uh, Edmond steal a base? Yeah. <laughs> Thomas Edmond uh, has a stolen base tonight, and he also has at least one hit I saw earlier. So I can assure you. Are, are you invested in Edmond? Edmond, sorry, or however, however you pronounce Absolutely, it? yes. Actually, weirdly enough, I heard Mr. DePetro say it earlier on. Uh, I am also at that 41-ish percent uh, of Thomas. Two hits for Edamame. Yeah. Yeah, two hits for Edamame. And uh, basically all these people were doubting him and everything like that. Sure enough. Oh, wow, he's hitting ninth. What are we going to do? Five, fuck, excuse me, five games into the year. And, oh, wow, he's hitting leadoff tonight against Sandy, uh, Sandy, or <laughs> Sandy uh, Alaconatra. And <laughs> look at him. He's dominating. So great stuff. Thanks, Rick. Oh, yeah. So did, uh, did, did Lou Bob say anything of significance there? I'm on the edge of my seat. Like, is there something we need to know? Or is it just, I, just commentating on the baseball? Like, what's going on? He just keeps saying my wife's name. He just keeps saying oh, mag, Maggie. Magpie. Yes. Well, maybe he's attracted to your wife because she's like a bird. Oh, Maggie's nothing like a bird. I don't know that I'd call her that. She's more of a, a oh, I don't know, a rhinoceros. <laughs> She's like a bird? A magpie. Yeah. A bird. All right. So, What's Robbie. Um, Isn't that a song, right? What song was that? Nelly, 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 Nelly Furtado. Nelly yeah. Ferdigo. Yeah. Interesting. She's like a bird. You want to okay. fully go off the rails here, guys? I want, want to fly away. I'm trying to get this podcast. I don't know rails. where my home is. I don't know. Sorry, am I? I'm sorry. You seem like the type of guy, Rick, that shows up on American Idol, right? Who's been <laughs> in his house for fucking years, right? Right. And no one's ever heard him sing. He doesn't have any vocal lessons. He shows up and everyone drops their jaws. And Lana Richie goes, Man, you good, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. I just, I hear that in you, you know? Well, it's funny. I used to masturbate to Paul Abdul, actually. <laughs> Excuse me. Right. Used to. <gasps> Why would you stop? Well, she was on that program, and whenever I, whenever I used to watch it, right. So I met. You say program? Yeah, it's not on anymore. American Idol is what we're talking. It's not on anymore, right? Nothing's down. Is she the only one that you uh, that you fucking jerked it to, Rick? You know, boys, I I realize that I regret saying that. I probably should not have brought that up. And uh, if you want to go ahead and continue with the interview, it would be my delight. Well, I I, I need to know about um, Susan Boyle, though, before we move on. What are your thoughts on her, Rick? Oh, yeah. She, uh, well, she wasn't quite William Hung, if you know what I mean. But, uh, you know, she was, she had some good music. Are you asking if I'm sexually attracted to her? Uh, yeah. Well, let's just say Maggie spit an image. That's all I got to say. It looks just like a young Susan Boyle. Okay, good. 
So, so Rob, Rob, yeah, back to your main event teams. I, I, I think I looked at them. I, I looked at them carefully enough to see that you had players on both of those teams, and those were Santander and Heaney. Unfortunately, mm. unfortunately, I don't know if we want to talk about Heaney too much. He's hurt. Hopefully, he's back soon. I've got. I just looked. I have seventeen percent Heaney. What are you, what's your exposure? Ah, uh, Heaney, Heaney. Um, yeah. Hold on. Let me get that for you. Um, but in the meantime, it's think that he's uh, that he's yeah. not going to be, you know, it pitching does. for a little bit. I'm hoping it's uh, it's nothing crazy, but seven teams, seven teams, so twenty nine. That's decent. decent exposure. Yeah, you say twenty nine percent Heaney. Yeah, yeah, I got twenty nine percent Heaney too. That's funny. It's a good number. So um, that's seventeen. Other guys in that range, let's see. Let's see who's else in the seven range. Obviously, I see Elaine Thomas, Glenn Otto. Geez, that looks terrible. Tommy Pham, Mike Minor, Ahmed Rosario, Ian Happ, Yandy Diaz. Bam, that's my seven squad right there. So, Heaney, well, like, I guess it's an obvious question, right? It's sort of like, what do you like about him? It's like, whatever, yeah, else, whatever, right? whatever, whatever else liked about him, right? Right, right. You know, you take you take the narrative, you take the Dodger thing, you incorporate that a little bit into it. You know, uh, again, I'll go back to the win thing. You give him a little bump up, say he, if he could go five innings on this team, uh, you know, going to be good for him. Um, if he figures out a little bit, takes a little bit step forward, they correct anything in him or see something to fix what you saw with the quick signing. I thought they were definitely – like, okay, we have something here and we're going to do it. And, uh, yeah, I think it's just all that combined. Then you saw it in, in Spring a little bit, you know, and uh, you read a couple articles, you might, and you say, oh, okay, you know, this is what they're doing with him. This is what they're trying to do with him. So I think, you know, we, that was for mostly for main event season, but for draft champions, it was just, uh, you know, there's a spot in the draft where I just like kept back going back to pitching. Um, after running off some bats, and he was usually always in that range with Pavetta. And, uh, yeah, those two were the main guys in that kind of range where it was one or the other or sometimes both. Yeah, I think I was like – I like both of those guys as well. And Graham – I think I think Graham did as well. I think what happened in – throughout draft champion season, I started gravitating to them more and more because that, that like, area of pitchers just started getting depleted. Like um, – you had yeah. guys like Alzale go down. Six- Alex Alex Cobb got jumped. Like yeah. Cobb got jumped. McGill got jumped. Gray a lot got, of people. John John Gray all got jumped. Things shifted. Yep. So like in that range, like what were you left with? You were left with like Plezak. Um, I don't even know what else. Like there's nothing that Savali. I got a lot of Savali in that range too. Yeah. In a pitch. So yeah. in draft in draft champion season, it was always for me Lazardo. Um, right before pick three hundred, and as mm-hmm. soon as as soon as I got Lazardo. Um, it was da- it was time for um, it was time for um, Pavetta. Right, yeah, that's pretty much it's pretty much the guy that was attacking in that range pretty much all the time. And I, you know, uh, man, I can't forget who some of the other ones like Marco Gonzalez. You know, I always try to mix it up with like a Volta guy and like someone who, um, you know, just like a little more of a stabilizer. You know, right on. Uh, what, and then another guy, the other guy you took two times is Santander. And I remember listening to your, I listened to all your podcasts. And I remember you talking to someone last year and they love Santander. Um, yep. Who was that again? That was the one and only Steve Weimer. That's what, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Um, yeah. 
I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I, that, that sticks out to me. Um, but obviously you got to take, he's going to a different, different price. Everything's changed this year. So you can't take, you can't really go off of what Steve was saying for 2021, for 2022. Right. What was it? Like, I'm not saying like, oh, you took him because of Weimer. That's bullshit. But um, like, what was it with, with Santander this year and his cost? Um, yeah, the cost was always beautiful to me. I mean, I loved it last year. And um, again, I'll go back to some of the skills that I saw from him last year that, and it was frustrating to have last year because he was constantly hurt and he never got into a groove. Like I think of, of playing healthy and also playing consistently. Um, they still like to do that whole DJ Stewart thing where they think that's cool. But um, in the second half um, last year, um, again, I'll go back to the, um, the pull statistics, the pull exit velocity. Um, he was in the top percentile in EV on pulled balls um, and launch angle. So he was like really getting it up, pulling the ball. Um, and I kind of like that. And in the second half as well, he, um, let me put this off in the second half. He was, he averaged, uh, see, a home run every 15 plate appearances, um, a run uh, every six plate appearances. And, you know, that was on a per game level he was pretty pretty you know really good in in the second half so um just saw the the i think the progression of power throughout um the years um coupled with like good he keeps in a good basket right like like that launch angle variability thing you know he he's never wavering too much from like a, a, a good solid stroke so um yeah i just thought it was like the perfect marriage and ev on fly balls too is just pretty pretty impressive um just getting better every year so um i like him i think it's a another situation where the price in the main event um rose uh, a little bit um but i was always trying to make sure it never got to that point where um you know i had to kind of worry about it uh he was a guy that i don't mind jumping uh, later on for sure Cool. So you talked, you talked about the um, Santander and you talked about Edmund with the, like the, the, the pulled fly balls and, and the, I guess the batted ball data on that. Um, you seem to be, you seem to focus on that. Was there someone uh, in 2021 that you saw with that profile that sort of broke out or is it just like, I'm assuming that's. Like, we've I'm had, just we trying had, to we, use like some, yeah, I, I just kind of like, you know, that's, the like the easiest home run to hit is when you pull the ball you know like it's the easiest travel path for a ball too that like with wind resistance and everything so i feel like when batters try to make that move and they're consistent in that skill that it it helps as not like the the main thing but like and you know everyone looks at the same things um so you know you ask me like what kind of like maybe i saw because i'm sure you know people saw like different skills but um it was just like not the say all like the end all those stats but just something to sprinkle into like regular data that i kind of you know like to look at a little bit so you're just staying on brand deadpool hitter yeah exactly see i should have even just said that like yeah, yeah. story Graham, I interrupted you. Were you going to say something? I'm trying us? a project. No one even knows. I'm just like, I'm just drafting <laughs> now. I should have done that. I right? just draft like a team of pull hitters. I'm, Joey Gallo. I'm surprised um, I never I thought of that before. Albert, <laughs> Albert well, maybe I did, but I just like kind of threw that idea out the window. <laughs> Rick, what are your thoughts on getting it up and pulling it? Excuse me, what? Oh, it's just uh yeah, like, like you gotta you gotta elevate and celebrate. 
I just uh, was on Twitter and I, I wanted to say that I, I said on there that I've already said something I deeply regret on this podcast tonight. Oh, we'll um, edit it out. It's all good. Well, I apologize to my family. I apologize to the uh, listeners who might be offended. And I'm not going to engage whatever you're trying to get me to get into here, Shrimp. All right. Let's Ooh. talk about. Ooh. I, I wanted to, I was just saying when he was going on about uh, Santander that the, the breakup really happened in uh, 2020. He got, he got hurt a couple of times then too. So if he can right. stay healthy, it could be really nice. But I think, I think, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think the power really ticked up in the, the games he played in the short season. I feel yeah, like he has yeah. like three home run games or something. Yeah, he definitely had a little spurt there in in the short season for sure. I think he had, um, yeah, he had. A, I think he had like eleven homers in in that short season, and I don't think he played all the games either. But um, yeah, I just I like his his age. I think he's uh, I think he's in the prime spot to hit them, and I like the park too for the power, and, and he's a switch hitter. So I think he got to the point too as a righty where he you know um, as a lefty where he didn't need to get. Uh, Platooned either way. So, and obviously, he's way better than DJ Stewart. I can't That's stress true. that enough. <laughs> no disagreement there. Actually, he's, uh, he's, he's got more walks and strikeouts so far this year. So, that's a good sign. Um, yeah. Rob, let's talk about uh, your little uh, babies, Bryce, Bryson Stott and Jeremy Pena. Mm. I had a lot of Jeremy Pena. I know you did too. Um, and then you also had a lot of Bryson Stott. How happy are you with Pena? Do you think? Um, you think Pena might be the best buy of all the rookies? Um, and then are you kind of concerned about the playing time, et cetera, with Stott? Um, yeah, you know, I'm a little concerned. I was honestly concerned about it drafting him. So it, it wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't something that is surprising to me. Um, I just believed, you know, I, I have a lot of Bryson Stott buyers. They saw him last year. Um, he started off in the minors complex. Uh, that's only about a half hour on my house. So went to opening day, he saw like three games of, of them last year. And he was just awesome in all of them. Um, does he have power? Like, does he have like, does he somebody I mean, hit 20, he hit 20 home runs this year? He hit two balls to like left center, like just drove it. Uh, you know, like it just seemed like it's a good power alley for him. Just from what I saw, you know? Um, yeah. And, you know, just, um, he sped through a couple of leagues. He did really good in the AFL, which a lot of, you know, people hold in high regards. Um, so I just would, he's not in a great spot that where, you know, cause if Bohm can just play good defense and Roddy could trust him, he, you know, probably, I think he might hang around because I think they're trying to win and he's still better than what they could put out there regardless, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, you know, I, I kind of saw like a little bit of Jonathan India in his profile, not as much speed, not as much power, but like similar, you know, growth in, in the bat like that. And, um, you know, he started off slow last year too. So I'm just hoping I'm going to hold on for a little bit longer. Um, see if he can turn things around, see if he can gain more consistent playing time and just try to use him in, in certain spots, you know, where might be a good call. Um, would, you, um, would you hold him in a 12 team leagues? Like, like an OC? No, no, I think um, I haven't. Um, I forget how many OCs. Um, I think only one, if I'm not mistaken. I dumped him out of off an OC Actually, last yeah. week, I think. Yep, me too. 
I think the big threat to start right now is uh, Johan Camargo. <laughs> yeah, I'm not afraid of Johan Camargo. I, I, I think he's going to play. Four for four with a bomb today. He's going to play enough, you know, and he's going to play. He, he's going to, you know, spell shortstop, you know, third. He's, he, he's good. He was a good sign by then, but, um, yeah, I don't think he's like a threat threat. No, I don't think he's a threat either. I'm kind of being tongue-in-cheek no. here. But he's a hold in a, in a 15-teamer, right? Would you agree with that? Yeah, Rob? but he – yeah, but it, it, it's getting close to, you know, I I hear I hear the I hear the you know the pressure is on him <laughs> to stay yeah. on. No, that's that's you for know? sure. Who would yeah. you rather who would you, who would you rather have in a fifteen? A Stott or um CJ Abrams? Um interesting because I think most people say Abrams because of the speed. Um I trust in stock bat to ball skills that I think that will keep him on the roster, uh, you know, easier. Um, I don't know. I don't know if either of them stays up the whole year through, but I think Abrams is going to just struggle a little more. I think he's three years younger. And I just think that, that there'll be more inconsistencies in, in his bat, in his approach that would uh, hinder him from, you know, exploding per se. Right. So we're going to talk about Bailey over a, uh, a little bit. I know Bailey. He, he's a guy like we were when we were doing the early drafts. You were the first <laughs> guy that um, sort of pushed him up um, above his like I guess like fake ADP uh, mm-hmm. at the start. So do you want to talk about him a little bit? How many shares? How many shares do you have of him? I'm, I'm guessing you're probably at like 50, 60 percent. Yeah, Bailey. Bailey was my guy. I think he was the top guy. Uh, let me bring that up again. I think. I, I think he led everybody. He he was the. You yep. guys did a did 16, an early an 66. early DC fifty right with uh with fish and you had set the, you had set the min on him right. I set the min on him in probably every format except <laughs> except for cut line. <laughs> uh, and like and you know things could like yeah so I had sixteen, sixty six percent. He was my highest guy, and I think I think all just. I felt like he was going way too late in general. So I wasn't concerned about bumping up the ADP. I had him so much higher ranked than anybody in that group. Mm-hmm. Um, like way ahead. So you had him way ahead of like Sandoval and Hawk. Yes. And yep. did you end up with him ranked ahead of like Cobb and Wood? Yes, I did. Yeah. 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 yeah I figured that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just liked his ability, like, I just thought he was going to pitch more innings than them and be more effective, you know, through the length, through the, through the, the amount he's given you. Um, just seems like a guy everywhere he's gone. He's just throwing the ball and with ease and has some just like above average skills, but everywhere, you know, like I kind of like that. And where he was going, like I said, it was just a no brainer to always try to pick him in that range. I think yeah. in the main events, he kind of almost, uh, he went like almost too high for his actual, you know, value. Like it almost lost like positive value on, you know, on it because of where he was going, but um, still, still had to get him once, you know? Yeah. <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So um, let's, I guess we've talked about the ownership shares uh, quite a bit. Or here's, a, here's a question for Rob quick. Yeah. Steamers got over, for 135 innings and the bats got 
over for 112. Where do you think he lands? Oh wow! Uh, I'll take see. the over. I'll take the over. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm going with the over too. I'm over going with one, this. I'm going with the steamer. I, I'm going yeah. with the steamer. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's that that's one thirty one thirty five plus the ten he's thrown, so one forty five. Yeah, I'll take that. Last year he threw I think one hundred and twenty combined. <laughs> Yeah, I'm definitely. Yeah, for the he, he was about 120 last year. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in for the. I'm in for the 150. Sounds like Lou Bob's a fan of Ober. Oh. <laughs> Bass is getting rocked. Oh. I love you. Bass is getting rocked, but Pavetta's getting rocked by the Jays. All right, there, sweet cheeks. Have a good night there. Who is that directed at? Lou Bob, I thought that was good night. And and oh no, no, that's just oh. odd. Well, now I think I, you know how like when people have exotic birds, sometimes they'll say like, uh, "Hey, love you" or whatever, and the bird can say it. He'll do that sometimes. So. I speak. I speak bird. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Have a nice day. Mm-hmm. Have a nice day. <laughs> can you please go take it? The goat smells like shit. All right, I don't. <laughs> I don't want it in here anymore. You're scaring Lisa. <laughs> it is scared. It's it's been biting and chewing her hair. I don't her the hair. <laughs> Jesus, this is All a right. damn circus. All right, um, let's talk about like uh, in season managing uh, these main events that we've done. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Streaming, um, like. Do you, do you have like one spot? Well, first of all, I skipped over a part where I said, where I wanted to ask you about like where you, where you wanted to leave your draft week because it's 15 team leagues. You got to be weak somewhere. Mm-hmm. It looked like corner infield for you. Um, that just so happened to be on both of your teams. It seemed to be like, it might've been the last spot you filled. I didn't look at the actual draft board, but I saw your team and I'm assuming that like uh, that was a spot you left open. Uh, perhaps maybe to, uh, does that have anything, does that have anything to do with streaming? Um, let's see. On, I mean, on my first team, I have at first Josh Bell, at third Cabrian Hayes, and at corner, um, I have Cronenworth. So, okay, that's I, not, I feel pretty tough. And, and I just picked up Espinal too. So, um, I kind of like that. That's not bad at all. I don't know why I would have yeah. said that. I don't know. Well, maybe because maybe you might have looked at me lining up. Cronenworth like up the middle. That's what I maybe but, thought you were doing. Right, yeah. I have I have Enrique and Cattell Marte both with the second base outfield. So um, I had oh I had Carlos Santana. Oh, maybe because you've made some additions, but I had Carlos Santana and Yandy Diaz as your corners in both these leagues. Right, maybe, yeah. Maybe, maybe yeah. I've lined up something incorrectly where you have Sino uh, yeah, in, in, maybe. Yep, that was it was just one of those things too. It's like I, I hate when I make a pick for schedule rather than like just picking like maybe the best guy available. I was looking for like Carlson his first two, two weeks or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this guy's going to get ABs. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's just, uh, you know, same thing with Brian Anderson. I thought, I thought he was going to get more playing time than he, he started off getting. So I just quick hooked it, you know? Um, yeah. I like Yandy too, but I, I, I like to, you know, I could do eligibility, but I, I couldn't pass up trying to get Espinal. I think rest of the season, I kind of like that he'll have second, third, um, and I don't know. 
you know, I, I think I know what I'm, there's a level to Espanol that maybe, you know, um, you know, that he can get to maybe, but there's, you know, Yandy is just going to be Yandy. So I made that move. Right. On. But, so uh, your bench composition, like, uh, I, do you have a set amount of pitchers hitters or does that, is that going to fluctuate based on the time of year? Um, it's probably going to fluctuate time of year right now. I just like, um, it's not reflecting in my first main event, but the second one and in my auction team, um, I have two hitters on the bench, um, in both. So, um, I, I kind of like to just load up on some pitchers, you know, Yep. try to, try to stream from your bench early. And often, you know, if you can do it all year, that's fantastic, you know. Right on. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that I don't really try to keep a designated, you know, I just try to make sure I have most of the positions covered, you know, um, that you sure you got some multi-eligibility guys that could cover or, you know, you can cover all your bases there. And then I think it depends too. Like if I'm, if I'm locked in at closer or have two that are, that I feel good with, maybe I'm not carrying that, you know, that, I think the thing for me was trying to not get too crazy about chasing all the early specs. I did that last year and it didn't really land much until the middle of the season, you know, with like the Kyle Finnegan's and um, the Colomays, you know, guys like that. So they're available later. So I'm just trying to, you know, get some now, but not freak out and try to chase Robles, Pagan, even though I have Robles, but, you know, I, I just, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough to do that early. So I'm trying not to waste too many spots on that, you know? Right. So the closures, what do you, how do you feel about, um, are you a Joan Duran guy? I am. I mean, like for, I don't know. The, how kid, the kid looks that. like he's great, you know, like, a, you know, like skills wise, but he has gotten hit hard when he gets hit. Um, you know, can't make those mistakes consistently in a pen. I, I just don't think he gets the amount of chances that we may think he's going to get to close good ball deli, but I could be wrong. I mean, you know, I've heard the counter of, you know, well, they've never had a guy with this skills, you know, but Trevor Rogers, like he had a three year span where he had 72% of the team saves, I think. Um, but like two, two year span where it was, I think almost 90, you know, so he's a good, he's solid. You know, I feel like that's shaming him that, and they had a great, I think they just had a great overall pen the last couple of years with Duffy, May, all those type of guys. But um, I just don't think, I think they're going to mix it up. And I think it's too inconsistent to try to leave him in. And unless he, unless, you know, you know, he was a starter. Are they going to try to, that's my thing with him. Like, are they going to try to whitlock him and get him to 80 innings, you know, to try to get him next year to maybe a hundred, a hundred, you know, 10 starting, you know, I mean, he was always a starter unless they don't think his stuff plays up as a starter and they just want to do this. But, yeah. that, but that's, that's still like a possibility. Right. I mean, I don't know. We don't know. Yeah. Um, so I got a team. Um, it's saves are so fickle in like, and this is a 15 team league. I have Jansen, like Kenley Jansen is my closer. And then I, I picked up David Robertson. So I have two. And then I picked up Duran. So mm -hmm. I have like two and a half, I guess. And then this past weekend, I, I, I do said to you though, he has no saves. How do you count two and a half? Okay. Say two, maybe 2.05. I'll give sure. you maybe 2.1 if you want to round up, but I don't mind. I'll, I'll just give me some sort of he, decimal. He doesn't have a save. He doesn't have a save opportunity. I don't so know how you can count a half. 
Give, give me a decimal, whatever decimal you want to give me. 2.017. Two point I've never seen Zach uh, challenged <laughs> like this. This is, uh, you know, usually Zach just kind of runs the show, but he's, <laughs> he's kind of looking like a little bitch. You know, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I think Mr. DePetro has maybe owned him here. Uh, hey, anyway. no, we, can't, we can't use that word. That's not the attempt. It was just, I, I just, no, I just feel like, I so, just feel like he hasn't got to save, you know, just also, also last weekend, I felt that Stalmont was the guy and mm, nice. I, I think that was correct. So I took, I picked him up. So now I, that's a great I, move. I, would you, is he a decimal? Or is he a full, is he a full blown? Uh, I think right now it looks like it's going to trend to full blown. I mean, you know, it should be. Right. It was, it was trending that way last year before he got sick. Right. Right. So, okay. Yeah. So I got, I got 3.17, whatever. And then I also we also we also started the year with um, Joe Barlow on the Rangers, and I think mm-hmm. he's, I think he's sort of like the last man standing there. So I I personally have a pretty high degree of confidence that he's he's gonna- always been the man standing there. Like I keep trying to tell people, they be like, oh, um, I guess that leaves Joe Barlow, or like maybe Joe Barlow like lands lands quote lands job. I said he's keeping the job. Yeah, like he ended off with it. He ended off with it, and. They never said shit about him coming out or staying in there. But I mean, what would change, right? I mean, how many, how many saves does he have? But he's got chances, right? Twice. Has he? Yeah, that's he got one chance. That's the game when yeah gave up a run and I think got the win maybe in the the next inning or something. They went into oh, extras, perhaps. So, anyways, my question to you, Rob, is: Give those are five guys. And you might not classify all of them as, as lockdown closers or, or even a closer at all. But um, again, Jansen, um, Rob, Dave Robertson, Joan Duran, Stalmont, Joe Barlow. You, you, gotta, you can't cut any of them, I don't think. Like regardless, that's tough. That's tough because you got three of them. But you, you could probably play three in your lineup. Like right now, I would start Jansen, Robertson, and Stalmont in my starting lineup because – Things can happen throughout the year. These guys aren't going to stay healthy. They're not going to keep their jobs, not all of them. So you might as well accrue those saves while you can, I think. And then it's just a matter of, you want to hold, is it hard? Is it too difficult to hold Duran and um, Joe Barlow on in your bench right now? Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't cut Joe Barlow. Neither would uh, I, I don't want to. No, no, it's tough. You know, I think. I have this on a couple of like draft champion teams, the one that are actually doing good where <laughs> I'm like, I have, I know it's totally different beast, but I'm trying to think out my process. I know it's in the DC. You just got to get the saves when you can get them, you know, cause there's no fab. So there's teams where on DCs where I maybe I have that thing, like four or five guys who hmm. are either closing or in it. Nearest, I'm nearest. just like, just like throwing them in there, you know, like here, you know, get saved now before you guys don't get more saves later. So, but in the main event, I think it's a little different because you don't want to get too far behind in like case, right? You know, but I think, can you get away with benching both of them in the time being? Or do you just, you know, I don't know. I don't know if you just use Duran and a flex too, or start another closer, start four and rack up saves. Could be an option. The tough thing um, is if you're, if you're, if you're dealing with injuries too, like I am, um, like. Not what are your team? top five starters on that team? If you were to start like a fourth reliever who would be let me, the five? Let, me, let me let me pull up this team for you um i'll, I'll tell you what it looks like um, and that that opening week like i basically started all relievers outside of like my stud starters and i kind of wish i'd kept doing so it this is the problem so my, my starters are garrett cole good native aldi patrick mm-hmm. sandoval mm-hmm. 
And then I have Alex Cobb, Trevor Bauer, and Blake Snell. So hurt, hurt, wow, hurt, suspended. And then my other starting options are Blackburn and Fetty, and that's and Walker. But the thing, but, but that that's not bad because I can still feel the team of starters, even despite all that. Except my, I also have T. Oscar Hernandez on my bench, who's hurt, and I'm buying bucks. Yeah, man. And then I've like this is all stuff I've been up to address going forward. Um, Buxton and Kevin, like whatever. Like so, I've got like it just I'm very thin on offense. So it's a really tough situation. Like, who was on my chopping block? Like my chopping block is fucking Trevor Bauer and Barlow. Basically, that's it. And then if I want to cut hitters, I'm kind well, of hitters. You can't, I mean, you can't drop uh, Bauer. I don't see in a scenario where you can do that. Well, so. well, we'll know more on Friday. We'll, we'll know either the the leave gets ex- suspend, uh, the leave gets extended, or we have some sort of news that we don't. So it doesn't matter what we think right now. But I guess so. The question is, if it, if the leave is is extended, what do you do with it? Like, if it's just like another week, that's gonna that's gonna really put people to the test because. Yeah, going, going in, you drafted him. You knew, I think most people knew drafting a main event or a fab league. Okay, you're gonna have to wait a week. Now it's two weeks. We're like, okay, well, I'm, I think the decision was fairly easy unless you, you found a spot for him on your, on your roster. Just yeah. because you have to wait another week. Now, if it gets suspended again, it's it's a trend that's gonna make it really, really tough. I don't know if you have Bauer on any fab teams. Uh, Rob, I don't, I don't know. I do. But that that so would be tough. yeah, that would be, I think. I think you'd want to move on, you know, reluctantly, I think, because I think like, you know, you probably drafted him with the expectation that he would be either pitching by now or pitching soon, you know? So, yeah. It's going to be, that's, that's going to be a real tough decision anyways. Yeah. That's, absolutely. That, yeah. That's, that's why these leagues are so tough. The, the fab leagues of seven bench spots seems like a lot going in, but it um, gets really thin very quickly sometimes. Yeah. It's really, it really does. It really Really does. That's why um, I'm happy I executed in my second main event where I just took, like, like I said, I just took like guys who I thought would be ready to go um, and throw, you know, five innings. Hopefully, you know, the guys that were trying to like at least go in and length in spring training and just safeguarded myself from like injury and decision to like. Uh, you don't have to make too much about whether I want to chop or not. It means like a clear, like streaming guy or, or just like starters that I wanted to wait out until, you know, and see what they were doing because it, it's bad. The cut can get really, it's, I think the ad drops are when I go to execute them. It's just like, man, uh, I spend so much time agonizing. Is this like, doing a move just to make a move sometimes if you know i feel like that's the thing it's like it's just going to be a lateral move for me and i'm just spending money you know i don't know it's tough it is tough a lot of things to think about all right can you see my screen i've shared it i can see your screen yes does it look like does it look like jeopardy categories oh yeah i see them all right so Everyone can play here. This is uh, the show winding down, and we have a nice uh, game that um, is on our agenda. It's called Jeopardy, and I'll read you the categories. And uh, as you know, you just uh, buzz into the chat with the number one, and that's when uh, I know that you want to answer the question. And I'll track I'll track our results. The first uh, the first category is uh, Italian stallions. 
And um, I guess that, that was Bjorn's category. I don't know what, what that is. Um, next is the Mets. Uh, third category Christ. is pitcher list. Um, the fourth category is maskless air travelers. And uh, the fifth category is Mike Ejedo. So our guest will have first selection and control of the board. Do we put a uh, one in the chat if we're buzzing? Yes, please, Rick. I'm going to go Italian Stallions. For 500? For 500. Woo! Lou Bob, what's up? Woo! Is he excited about the Italian Stallions? Yeah, he's well, he's excited about the game. I got him here beside me, so he's ready to go. Okay, so he's going to help you? You going to help me out? Okay. All right. Uh, so, what what is this category, Bjorn? Oh, hey, uh, hey, this is um, big, tall, Italian man. Oh, okay. All right. Oh my. All right. So, okay. Uh, this um, this player posted a career low, four point five three ERA and one point three WHIP in twenty twenty one, and rose up boards throughout draft season. And he's a dig, or I mean, uh, he's Italian. Apparently, I don't. I didn't. I, this is this is a category I had nothing to do with. Can you redo the stats for me, please? Can, can four four point four four point five three ERA, one point three zero WHIP in twenty twenty one, which was last year, and he's in rising up boards. I'm assuming. He's, uh, I'm assuming he's Italian. I chimed. Oh, Rick, Rick and Lou Bob. You want to go with it? Woo! Yeah, we're going to say uh, uh, Joey Lou Luchesi. No, that's incorrect. I'm sorry, Rick. That's negative uh, 500 for you. Ugh. I think it was a Pison. thought so, too. I All think right. he is. He still, might, he still might be. All right. Anyone else want to chime in here? Um... Man, I can't think of anybody. I'm just trying to think of Italian pitchers. Uh, or I, pitchers. I can't. I don't have an answer. I have zero answer. I'm Graham, do you have an answer or not? The, the oh. only name that I can think of right now of an Italian baseball player is uh, Francisco Cervelli, and I know that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so no one, no one's gonna, no one's gonna take a guess at this. The answer here um, apparently is Nick Pavetta. Oh, I think he's Canadian. Yeah. He is Nick, Canadian. He's from BC. Can you be both? Can, like, there, there, I, I know there's Italian yeah, people, and like, I'm my wife's Italian, so there's Italian, there's Italian people in in Canada. They, they exist. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, do you think that everybody in America that's Italian was brought here on the? Uh, you know, the Columbus, the no, San, no Santa Pinta or something. No idea. Okay, Rob, you still got control of the board because no one got that answer. Let's go to uh, Italian Stallions for a thousand. Okay, the Italian Stallions for a thousand. I guess uh, I'm not going to even repeat the category name, but uh, this player has averaged 27 home runs per 600 at-bats over the course of his career and has a career batting average of 271. The bat, the projection system, has him projected for 17 home runs with a 258 batting average going into his age 30 season. I, I have uh, 
Rick's pound, Rick, Rick's pounded in. Yep. We're going to go. Do you want to do it? <laughs> okay. We're going to go with uh, Nicholas Castellanos. Incorrect. Rick negative 500. Ooh. I don't think the bat would project him for 17 home runs. Think about that hey. one. Hey, it was right. Bob. How about, uh, all right, hold on. Did I, did I buzz? Did I buzz? Not sure, he buzzed. I don't know. Right, I don't buzzed. See anything, but I know he buzzed. There you go. How about Mike Zanino? That is incorrect. Oh, negative. That, oh, that was negative 1,000, actually. For that was Mike a good Lincoln. one. So, Graham, quickly, do you want to want to chime in or not? I'm an Italian baseball player. And I'm, I'm blank and hard here. All right. The answer is Trey Mancini. Oh, Right. Uh, is Trey Mancini Italian? He has to be. Right. He just he's just going. Watch by, it, he's just going. He's just going with it ending with a vowel. Going with the vowels. Yeah, I don't. I didn't make up that category. It was Bjorn. So I wanted to say goes. I wanted to say Joey Votto, but the uh, the eighteen home runs or whatever. I was like, no one. No. All right, Robbie, you got control of the board here. Uh, let's go Mets for 500. Mets 500. All right, here we go. This category is about players that are being mismanaged. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This player had six combined wins and saves last year with a 1.96 ERA. He just picked up a save this week. His first of the year. Rob or Rick. Yes. Uh, Tommy May. Incorrect. Shit. Graham. I go uh, Blake Trinan. Incorrect. Isn't he Trevor? No. Wait, no. You said he picked up a save this week, right? Trinan's hurt. Yeah. Uh, Trevor Gay. (laughs) Rob? Um, Let's go with... uh, Shit. I want to guess this. Let's go with um not Whitlock, is it? Garrett Whitlock? Yeah, you're inc- you're correct. Bam. Bingo. Bam. Back to back to even Steven. Nice uh nice work. So Whitlock, you think he's a closer there? I you mean <laughs> they had a quote from Cora today that said, hold on, let me I didn't I didn't I didn't see this one yet, so this is good. Oh, yeah. Here you go. Ready for an Al's core quote. Um, this is from Jen McCaffrey at Jay McCaffrey on Twitter. Nice. Uh, Cora thinks Barnes is getting close to himself and says once that happens, they'll use him in the ninth. Cora prefers defined bullpen roles. So mm-hmm. interesting. Um, I just think that Whitlock is the fact that he can do anything makes him valuable, you know, um, and I think that he's going to get he went three innings and four innings to close out games. And I think that's something you might see not only from the him, but maybe more teams doing or trying to do with, with guys, you know, closing out games on three innings or four innings. Um, who knows? You know, Contreras did it yesterday. It wasn't, yeah, the Pirates did it yesterday. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a win, like, like it was protecting a win, but still um, you never know. Like he was so efficient in the last outing that they kept him in there through the night. I think that's, you know, one thing that can play out too, but I don't know if he's going to be the closer closer. I think he's going to get shots. I think he's going to get shots to, like I said, close out games in three innings. And I think 10, like 10 win, like eight wins and eight saves, 10, like 10 wins, 10 saves would be really insane. That would be great. But 
you know. What did Suter do last year? Suter got like 10, 12, 10 wins, didn't he? 12 wins, I think, maybe. Yeah. But well, not, really, not many saves, though. No, I don't think – I think no. he just had one, um, if I'm not mistaken. But I, I don't think- – Barnes has got to be the closer there just based on the contract they gave him last season. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He'll get I mean, he'll get first shot. Like if he's, he's gonna healthy, get a shot, he deserves until to get he, a shot. Until yeah. he gas cans it, like they're gonna give him a job. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. Yeah. All right, Robbie, pick a category here. Got, uh, let's go Mets for a thousand. Mets a thousand. Okay, these are players that are being mismanaged. Um, this former first round pick has struck out 47% of the time, but still sports a 231 average entering today which he has a hit, I saw. Why won't they play him every day? That's actually a question within an answer, but... <laughs> but nevertheless, nevertheless. I'm try chimed in. Don't go ahead, worry. Rick. Yeah, can we go with uh, uh, Julius Rodriguez? No, incorrect. And, and even if you pronounced his name correctly, it would still be incorrect. I thought I did. Orange, Orange Julius Rodriguez. I think shrimp buzzed. Shrimp, what's your answer? Said, why don't they play him every day? Yeah. Is it a uh, Seth Beer? No, it's not Seth Beer. Huh. Drunk on Seth. I just started remembering tons of Italian baseball players. Anthony Rizzo, Joey Gallo. All right. We're off the Italian thing. Oh, oh you said you just started remembering them. Yeah, 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 they just like they flood into your brain when you're not on the spot. Yeah, yeah. He didn't go with the obvious ones. He was he knew better than that. All uh, right. Rob, you got to guess on this one. This is what is what is that? 47% strikeout rate? Yeah. 10? Coming in into one, coming into today, three, oh, Seth, hitting two thirty one. Two thirty one, man. I haven't. Uh, you got a hit today. They're winning. Their team's uh, winning. Are you guys talking about? Is this Joe Adele? Yeah. Bam. Oh, bam! Killing he's, it. He's uh, he's one for two today. He's been playing, I guess, because Trout's been out. But you can't, I mean, I, you, know, you can't drop him now at this point. <laughs> How long are we going to keep saying that, right? Until, because Trout's been out. We've been saying that for like a year straight. Sucks, man. Sucks. Trout's coming, this... Trout's coming back, though. I know. But I'm just saying. I just want to see this guy play. It's just he's out so much. It's tough. Yeah, Mike trust him. Just for baseball himself. Like, I just want to see Trout and Otani, like, just mash together, you know? I thought there was a lot of uh, banter about how that was a little league move. I'm turning into the pitch. What do you guys think of that take? I don't know. I don't know. I, don't, I didn't even know that he turned into the pitch. Yeah, he turned forward instead of like turning his back to take the pitch in the meat. Wait, who no. did that? Who we saying did that? Mike Fish. Mike. Oh, Mike. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that, but I will say uh, he's the holder of the worst contract in baseball right now. That will be a disaster. Really? Oh, you thought you kidding me? He's got like a four hundred million dollar contract. He hurts his little wee calf, and he can't play for five months. Plus, the Angels are generally, uh, you know, the dumbest franchise in baseball. So they're idiots. Uh, Joe <laughs> Joe Madon, uh, he walked in a man uh, with the uh, bases loaded. I heard the other day. 
they're idiots. You look at their lineup, there's two or three guys at the top and then 17 uh, young women are batting after that. It's just a disaster. Lou <laughs> Bob agrees? Yeah, I guess he agreed. I don't know. Okay, bud. Yeah, yeah, he said yeah. Okay. All right, Rob, you got control of the board here. Let's uh, let's go with pitcher list for 500. All right. So this is a category about quantity over quality or just accumulators, I guess, because they just like will hire anyone who just did just pump out lots of, <laughs> lots of stuff. They don't really care if it's good or not. They just want this is a numbers game, right? That's the, I guess I guess that's the point of the category. I don't know. I don't know. Um, all right. So this guy has a 339 slash 249 split. So he bats 339 against lefties and 249 against righties as a switch hitter. He went 30-20 last year in 686 plate appearances. Um, he's also leading the majors in plate appearances this year. Somebody buzz in. I did. All right. Ricky, what do you got? You want to you say it? Here, Lou Bob wants to say it. Oh, Lou Bob. Lou Bob's finally got, got, got you guys on the board. He's pulling, he's pulling up the team here. Plus 500. So you got it right, you son of a bitch. Yeah, Lou Bob knows his shit. Okay. Okay, Lou Bob has got control of the board. Well, I'll answer for him. Uh, we will go with uh huh. Let's go with maskless tra- uh, ass travelers for 500. All right. Maskless air travelers for 500. Um, these are enormous health risks. <laughs> yeah. Cause God forbid you have your mask off on an airplane. Yeah. It's huge health risks. So that, okay. So now for 500, this guy has a 0.85 X fit so far this season. And we weren't even sure he'd throw a pitch. Rob. Leighton Kershaw? Correct. Leighton Kershaw. Yeah. Maskless Air Travelers for 1,000. Okay. Damn it. You don't want to talk about Kershaw at all? Just... Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. If, if you want to. When does he go under the knife? <laughs> <laughs> Rob, when does, he, when does he go under the knife? I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. I feel like. He's, he's hanging on. Yeah, he's hanging on. You know, listen, he's, sometimes he's like late age guys, like, like Dirk, Dirk Nowitzki. I'll use basketball references because they like go to other countries and get their knees done by like doctors that can't do what they do. They are here in America. And I think that this is magically healed. And I think he went to, to, went to a magical doctor like they did. And he's going to have a magical year. We kind of suspected that too when he got taken out of the perfect game. Like, there's an article in the Athletic about the little smirk he had on his face coming out. It's like he knows that the the witchcraft has worked. It has worked. Yeah, I think so. He probably sacrificed a baby goat or something. No, well, it is Los Angeles. I mean, we got the Adrenochrome already floating around, and the. Uh, you know, the Hollywood cabal out there. So I wouldn't be surprised what kind of satanic type ritual uh, Clayton has done. All right. All right. So maskless air travelers for a thousand. Let's get this uh, out of the way here. Again, these are enormous health risks. Um, This is your leader in case per game started this year. 
Say again? What, Sod? Oh, I got that one. This pitcher okay. leads the majors in K's per game started. Graham. Uh, Rodon. Correct. Thousand bucks for Graham. On the board. So, Rick, same question. What? Same question. When does he go under the knife? Who we talk? Oh, yeah. Uh, who we, <laughs> who's this? Rodon. Oh, Rodon. Rodon. I never he's, heard of him. I, he, he is saucing the Mets right now. Is he? Is he pitching yeah. tonight? Oh, yep. yeah. Oh, well, he's uh, got four Ks, one hit, and two and two thirds. Lou Bob? Lou Bob a Rodon fan? Yeah, I, I guess so. To me, man. <laughs> All right, Graham, you got control of the board here. Uh, let's uh, let's go with uh, Mikey Mike for uh, five hundred. Mikey Mike for five hundred. So this is Mike Ajado for five hundred. So these are um, fucking losers. So people that lose. Um, um, so for five hundred, this player leads the MLB in losses in twenty twenty two with a six point two three ERA. Hmm. Hmm. How many starts? Three. He's lost all three of them. Hmm. I'm not supposed to be giving hints. Well, I mean, what if it was like someone who started one game? Well, then he wouldn't lead the majors in losses. It could have been a shit reliever. Oh, let's see here. Uh, Somebody want to chime in or buzz in? Oh, what the hell? I'll say... Uh, Go ahead, Rick. Or Lou Bob. I'll, I'll say... Um, Oh Jesus! Uh, JD, JT Brubaker. No, but close. Mm, same team, I bet. Damn it! <laughs> Does anyone else want to chime in? Uh, sure. Rob, Rob's got oh, it. Rob's first. Rob, yeah. Rob's first because Graham's looking it up. Um, uh, is it? You can cheat. You can look it up. We've, we've established the cheating is. Oh okay. uh, yeah, you can look it up. Yeah, I, yeah. It's just. Uh... Oh man. Yeah, it is the same team. Josh Fogg. <laughs> Kip Wells. <laughs> Rick Roden. Um, I. Mitch Keller. That's, that's, yeah, that's correct. He is the third loss. Gonna, third loss today. I was going to guess Bryce uh, Wilson. Son of a bitch, Mitch. He pitched really well today. I saw don't you pretty think, well. Don't you talk about Bryce Wilson like that? Do you think Mitch Keller is worth a spot still? Because he had one. He started off. Uh, Never before. thought he was. No. No, I picked him in Battle of the Pod, but that was just like late DC stab after what we saw, like in the video. So I mean, that's my only time I picked him. But no, I wouldn't. Right. I wouldn't be holding him. Okay, so who is great? Uh, Rob, you got control of the board here. I think you're winning, and you got two categories. Pitch a list for a thousand. All right, so this is uh for a thousand dollars. This is quantity over quality accumulator accumulators, right? Just they just accumulate shit, right? Um, all right, so this uh player had 643 plate appearances last year and a combined and a combined 25 home runs and stolen bases. His position flexibility. And accumulation of stats made him a top ten round pick. Is that Rick again? Yeah, well, I think I'm wrong here. Do you want to go with it? I'm gonna let Lou answer. Okay. Rojas. 
Rojas. Is he saying Josh Rojas? That's that's wrong. So I think he meant uh, Miguel. Who? Miguel. Oh, Miguel Rojas. No, that's incorrect. No, not a Rojas. Not a Rojas. Goat fucker. (laughs) Twenty-five combined. Hey. Yeah. I'm going to be more specific. I'll, I'll give you a hint. 21 home runs, four stolen bases. Big Position player. versatile. Mm-hmm. 25 combined home runs, stolen bases? Yeah, 21 yeah. home runs and four stolen bases last year. Crony? Cronenworth? Bingo. Nice. A thousand bucks for Robbie. There we go. We got one last category. It's a Cronenworth. Um, disease. I don't know. Um, Cronenworth. I like a crony. You like the crony? Yeah, I mean, he's solid. I, I think there was some time where um, I thought of it like just he's got the multi-eligibility, but I think, you know, like as a first baseman, like 25 combined, I think, home runs. What do you have, like four stolen bases? Yeah. Five? Four. Four? Yeah, last four. year, yeah. Yeah, I mean – that's pretty decent for you know, I think a, a first baseman. Um, and then plus got the multi eligibility. So I guess depends where I think people look at his value in in terms of the multi eligibility. Um, I think there's sneaky sneaky values at the corners where, um, especially with corner being as you know as much of a uh, a wasteland as people thought it was. You know, I don't know. Right, I like him. Solid. He's gonna play. Think he's worth his cost if he can basically do what he did last year? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Okay. All right. Last category here. We'll finish it off. This is Mike Jetto for a thousand. These are fucking losers. Uh, so people that lose. Um, this player leads the MLB in blown saves, yet was a hot fab pickup the other week by people like Mike the Mouth. Mike the Mouth. Uh. Rob chime in there. Yeah. yeah. Who is Tyler Duffy? Correct. Yes. Rob just like smoked this whole game. Tyler Duff. I'm not, I'm not even going to tally up this, this board because Rick, you're all negatives. Graham, you are <sighs> negative 500 and Rob is somewhere in the positive way. Like he's got like 3000. So Rob just crushed this game. Congratulations. Yes. Congratulations, Rob. I'm um, so nervous for, about Jeopardy. Where are you? Yeah, I'm not, you know, I, I feel like when I listen to it, when I listen to you do the other Jeopardies, I'm like, I don't know any of these. <laughs> so nervous. Well, you can, yeah, you actually crushed the game. You, um, you crushed this podcast. Appreciate you coming on. It was good. It's good seeing you most of all. Yes, absolutely. You too, Zach. Yes. Uh, yeah. and, and, and Graham and Rick, you know. Thanks, buddy. It's good to see you as well. Yeah, yeah. It was good to be here. Good to chat to baseball and, uh, I wish everyone well in their uh, fantasy team going forward. You know, yeah, I have still- a little, I have a little musical gift uh, I would like to give Mister DePetro before he goes here, and uh, gentlemen, let me know if you can hear. You can hear it. What happened to it? Is that it? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Cool. I'm trying to play him a song, for Christ's sake. I'm sorry. 
Lou, will you go down the hall? Go down the damn hall. Jesus. <laughs> what did he say? Did he tell you to fuck off? I don't even know. It, it's ter- did you ever see that scene in Jurassic Park where the fat guy rolls down the hill with a Gillette bottle and that dinosaur is there and he makes this big loud noise and the you yeah. always know what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's Newman. Newman from like. Seinfeld, yeah. Yes, yeah, so that's what he just looked like to me before he ran down the hall. It scared the Jesus out of me. All right. I don't know. Sometimes this guy... I'm sorry, boys. How is, let's, 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 how, is Newman's, how is Newman's name not Newman everywhere, right? <laughs> what is that guy? Newman. I don't even know what his real name is. What is his name? Wayne Knight? Yeah, good call. Oh, wow. Yeah, I would have never known. It's like the guy uh, Ross from Friends. Swimmer? Yeah, yeah he, he, he did that thing in uh, Band of Brothers where he was like a serious drill sergeant. I'm like, you're fucking Ross. Yeah. Imagine that. I didn't buy that either. That man got to put it right into Jennifer Aniston. Just imagine if you would. Hey, Rick. Yes. Meadow, Meadow Soprano or Jennifer Aniston? Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Jeez. Whoa. Hugging at my heart, man. Hugging at the heart. I tell you what, uh, there's quite an age difference there, I think, these days. Uh, these days? <laughs> well, they've aged at the same rate, buddy. <laughs> I guess it would always be the same. But right now, you've got one is kind of in that MILF and or GILF status. Uh, and the other, you know, I saw some pictures. I think she recently had a child and was looking a little worn out. So um, <laughs> I actually don't know who um, Meadow Soprano is. I've never seen this film. Jamie Lynn Sigler, who plays, who's the actor to play Meadow, is yeah. married to um, Lenny Dykstra's son. Lenny Dykstra's yes. son? Yes. I don't know who that is either, but... Um, she has a flair for the psychotic, I guess. Meadow Soprano, let's see. I've never seen... i got to watch... Oh, this is... Um, wasn't she an entourage? Uh, maybe. No, that no. was Emmanuel Shriki. Oh, okay. Entourage is great. Are we going to talk about Entourage? Rob, do you watch? This, uh, she looks. This she looks familiar. He had like a tried. She had a failed musical career, I think. Hmm. Rob, do you watch? Uh, oh, geez, what's that newer uh, Succession? Are you a fan of that? No. No. How about Billions? I've never watched them. That's all. I can't say I'm not a fan of them, but I've heard good things. I've, okay. I've watched Billions. I've seen that one. It's one yeah, of the few shows uh, that I've I watched. Love, I love Chuck. Uh, he's a. Uh, one of my favorite characters there, uh, weird sexual interests and stuff. But uh, anyway, I'm just kind of my, my favorite boys. character on Billions is like that um, alcoholic drug addict um, right hand man to um, Axelrod. Uh, the bald man? Well, he's not completely bald, but um, Bill Dollar Bill? No, not Dollar Bill. The the the, the guy that's always um, the guy oh that's Christ, always- yes. Oh, yeah. Mr. Uh, Brian Intrican is always sharing the gifts of him. Yes, him. Him. Uh, that, that guy is my favorite character. Damn, I can't remember his name. I, either, I can't remember but, his name. Yeah. But I got to watch that Gemstones show for sure. Yeah, watch the Gemstones. It's a good show. I like, uh, I love anything Daniel McBride. He's, Me too. He's, so, yeah, he's, he's so bounded down. He's bounded down as a top five show. Curb, <laughs> I know you're a big Curb fan, Rob. Yes, definitely. I've seen, I've seen all those shows. Curb has got to be top. It's got to be the best one. It's got to be the best it's, one. It's so, it's so, oh man, it's so enjoyable. The, I very much enjoyed the Larry David uh, Trump stuff a couple of seasons ago <laughs> or whatever it was. That was one of my favorites. 
Yeah, everything, anything he does is just gold. Yeah, I just watched the one the other day when he lived in New York. That was one of my favorite seasons. But he does the um, the guy gives him the shit bow. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then because <laughs> and then he walked into Central Park and he's seen people giving each other bows, and he said, "Excuse me." You know, and like it's just a scene that you'll yeah. never see in another TV show. Like, oh, and he oh, acts, okay, okay, yeah, I get it. So, so ninety degree is good bow. Anything less, shit bow. Like, yeah. And he went like, and he just goes back and he approaches the guy about it. And that's just the funny part. Like, it's just so like, you know, maybe, maybe you have a conversation with someone about that, but do you go back, you know, and approach the guy about the actual shit bow? Uh, it's just, he's just too much. Bro. And, 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 and the, um, one of my other favorite ones is the, is the stop and chat. Um, on a long food line. Yeah. On a long buffet line. Yeah. Yeah. I invented that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it was, a, it was a cut, the cut and, uh, Oh, cut and chat. Cut and chat. Yeah. Or yeah. Chat and cut. Yeah. Chat and cut. Chat and yeah. cut. Yeah. 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 And she, she told the girl, you know what? You're not going to get that by move. Cause I, I, invented, I invented this. It. Yeah. And she goes, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. Yeah. You know, Good speaking show. of uh, sneaky hot women, how about Larry David's wife early on in that series? I thought she was a beaut. Any takers? Joe Hines. Cheryl Hines, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Of course, you got to love Cheryl Hines. Too, yeah, good for, get... too good for Larry, that's for sure. Well, Way certainly, yes, yeah. Not, and uh, she found dancing on the show. It was another great storyline. And she went to dancing. Yeah, yeah that, that old was, prick. Yeah. This is terrible. <laughs> terrible. Cool, man. All right. Ready, ready to wrap this up, Rick? Yeah. Ready, like, can you send us off? Yeah, uh, this has been the Draft Champagnes podcast, and uh, my name is Rick Poundstone. We had uh, Zach Shrimp Boat Masterman and uh, Rob DePetro. I hope you all enjoyed the show, and uh, yeah, that's all I got. All right, you got any hot takes? There's a lot of hot takes for like overreactions on Twitter for like the first week of the season, Rick. Uh, yes. Um, you like you like those? Yeah, I love overreactions. I think uh, everything that Mr. Kurland has tweeted. You should definitely bench Aaron Nola on a two-start week. Yeah, uh, that's, yes. good. that's good. That's good advice to send people. Wow. Off. Like, what, wow. What, I can't beat that one. Um, Somebody said that. That was a real tweet. Will Garofalo. There, I outed him. <laughs> he was asking. He was asking, and he didn't want it. Kind of a blind leading the blind type thing. I don't know who he was asking. But... I don't remember. Hot <laughs> takes for baseball. Um, not fantasy general, but the Mets are playing really well. Buck is a new leadership, and they get the ground back and smoke the rest of the NL. Boom. Oh. Rick is not going to agree with that, but yeah, um, fifth place, Mets. Uh, no way. <laughs> That's one of the toughest divisions in baseball. I don't see anything coming out of there, out of that uh, that big asshole, big apple. I mean, nothing tough about the Marlins or the Nationals. So that's two easy teams. So we just got to worry about the Phillies every now and then. Braves. All right, you could do it. No, no. Freddie Freeman. Not nervous. I'm a fan of the Mets. I'm a fan of the Mets, and I like, I like the Mets fans, but I just can't seem to, um, to get around their their fucking management sometimes. I don't know, but I hope they surprise me. It's different in the on the field though right now. I, I could tell. Buck is just a different energy. Different. Big Buck energy. 
Here's a real quick question. That's, you know what? Rob. I'm going to make a t-shirt that says Big Buck Energy. And when I go to the Met game, I'm going to wear it. I buy it. I have a question it, right? for you, Rob. Yeah, um, you- so there are a lot of people who think that Mets fans generally are annoying. I am not one of those people. However, you being a Mets fan, what do you think the most annoying fan base is? Oh, man. Um and you know what? How about this? Within the fantasy baseball community or who we all kind of follow, what fan base is the worst? What fan base of fantasy community? Um, I, You're going to know it. Oh, you know it. I'm not quite grasping the Give question. It to me. Okay. And the fantasy. After all the I, I, like, all, I like all the Mets fans a lot, actually, in the fantasy community. I just oh, I like them personally. I just think that they've got, you know, a mental issue. But as far as what I'm trying to get at, it's the Dodgers fans. My <laughs> God, have you ever seen talk about delusion? <laughs> These guys go Cody Bellinger. They just won a World Series. Yeah, in a 60-game season. In other words, it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Jesus. All right, go on. Sorry, I interrupted you. I think you were talking about Bellinger. No, I just mean they're delusional. I think the, the, the Dodgers fans are just, you know, in the fantasy baseball community, <laughs> uh, find another hobby. Didn't Bellinger go off today? Bellinger no. is going to be... Double and a triple today. Yeah, it looks like... Uh, I would say, if I had to make any mention of a team fan base, um, I grew up in New York, so I went to a lot of Met and Yankee games. Um, my brother's a Yankee fan, a lot of my friends are Yankee fans, but um, I would say the one thing I'm, I don't do that. Oh, I hate this. Thing. I, I don't really give a shit. Like I just watch baseball. I don't pay attention to that. But it, one thing I would say about Yankee fans is that most of them don't have a clue of who won the world series the year before, if the Yankee didn't play in it. <laughs> yes. Yes. <And> I, <laughs> they, Actually, I, I will chime in here and say that the, the Yankees, uh, being from Toronto area, uh, are the most overrated team. Like they were, they were, they've been good and they've won, but like at, at the point where we are right now, they're just name brand value. They're basically like, they're fucking like it. Like in the Yankees is basically like drafting Albert Pujols in a fantasy league or Miguel Cabrera because like, they're not that good anymore. And they're just, it's just, it's just a name brand. Mm-hmm. You know what I noticed though, is most of their fans don't even uh, like them anymore. I mean, most of their fans just shit on every one of their moves, rightfully so. Yeah, they're terrible. Sure. I would, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, they just pretty much hate them. So they're awful. They're never, they're never going to win. Like, the Yan- are the Yankees going to make it, make a significant run of the playoffs? Just, you're fucked no, Of course not. They're, they'd be lucky to even make the playoffs. I think it hinges on like if they get if they get a Severino that's that's pushing the back to a status like if he's a lot better than we're expecting i think that it could help them and and you know but they i think the offense is just too power reliant but um i like when hicks is at the top i think he brings that different element you know and i think if he could get on and steal i think it could be a different i don't know they're not a terrible team but um i feel like they're gonna need severino to be that guy you know i was a Thought they would bring in more pitching in the offseason, but um, Cortez looks really good. But I think the Yankees have sneaky pitching. I think Clark Schmidt is uh, Clark Schmidt really underrated and forgotten about. Yeah, he changed his pitch mix too, and he he had some velo and some some movement to his pitches. He looked different. That caught my eye in the spring training 
Um, oh, you know, StatCast breakdown. They didn't really draft him anywhere because he didn't really have a role. I don't think it's like, you know, oh, I don't know. It was borderline. Eric, but Eric, uh, Eric Fetty just got fucking lit up. Yeah, I mean, come on. What do you expect? You know, what do you expect? Smart nope. <laughs> yeah, really. Come on. This is the D backs. Hey, we got a Dalton Varsho alert. Oh. Dalton Varsho has gone deep again. Uh, that's his third bomb of the year. Varsho bomb. Smarten up. Don't start Eric Fetty. Just stop it. Stop. You guys have yeah. any hot takes on Garrett Cole? He's, it seems like people are He's just fine. so into, into He's fine. Him. It's fine. The whiffs are fine. Swinging strikes are fine. There's yeah, something. Throw a 98. Yeah, well, watch him pitch. He's throwing nasty. Yeah, yeah, he's fine. And for anybody, did anybody actually watch the game last night? All these people just on Twitter saying this and that. It was cold. That piece of shit uh, Alexander guy for the Tigers had to throw like 50 pitches in the first inning. Then he gets hurt or something in the second inning. They're warming up another guy. Garrett Cole had like 30 minutes between innings. I mean, come on. That said, he's kind of a little bitch. I mean, if things aren't 100% up to his. (laughs) standard did you see you know. did you see opening day yes and yeah that was great when he, <laughs> it was supposed to start at a specific time and i don't know what delayed it but he was screaming at the ump to like you know hurry it up like yeah i I'm think sticking to my forward. it's supposed to be 17 minutes after i have my ranch tater tot you know or whatever the fuck yeah yeah superstitious his, is you know his like, green smoothie yeah, yeah. I think yeah. Whitey Ford was throwing out the first pitch and the old bastard wouldn't get off the field <laughs> or something like that. He was taking a bow. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> right. Not a shit bow either. <laughs> Good bow. All right, Zach. All I right. got to head out Hi, of here. Boys. All right. Thanks, Robbie. Thank you guys for Appreciate so much it. for having me. Jesus yes, Jesus. you're up. Rob. All right. Big buck energy, boys. Big buck energy. All right. <laughs> but-